What is going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 25, the Jim Tomy edition of the Rockin' at the Jake podcast. I am Zach Martin, and as always with me tonight is Tom Matheny. Tom, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm good, man. I'm excited for our Tomy episode. Probably would be cooler if we'd hit the Tomy episode while I was still 25, but that's okay. <laughs> now I'm going to have to figure out notable players who wore 26. Uh, it's yeah, good. Right. I, today I got to record... Uh, a spot for uh, Live at Paul Goon's House, uh, which is a little webisode series uh, out in Warren. So, okay. you know, back in, you know, the old neighborhood and stuff. So uh, there you go. Went and did that and I uh, just got home and it's time to talk some tribe today. Yeah, right. For sure. Yeah, no, I'm excited. And the, and the, the reason why, because, you know, we're on episode 25, we got to do a little Jim Tomey thing. And unfortunately, people can't see this, but we're on Zoom and I got my uh, Zoom background on and it was from the Jim Tomey, um, you know, Jersey Retirement Day celebration. So it's only fitting that we call this the Jim Tomey special edition episode. Now, if we got him on the podcast, that would be amazing. But that's down the road and hopefully that can actually happen. But I'm excited for tonight. Fun. Yeah, right. The thing I'm excited for tonight is the fact that pitchers and catchers have finally showed up to spring training and we are one week away from spring training games. Tom, like how do you feel? How do you feel about that, man? That we're one week from baseball being back, you know, spring training, but it's still baseball. How do you feel about that? I'm excited. I'm very happy that I don't have to sit here and talk about a lot more. (laughs) Well, too many more what ifs or you know now it's going to be time for the guys to go out and do their thing and show us you know why they do what they do and why we do what we do yeah right exactly for sure yeah it's nice to be able to never actually get we're getting closer to talk about games again and we're talking about storing lines and stuff like that how are that what's the team going to be looking like what are they going to be doing so we got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight so you know, we got the USA Today prediction thing came out. We're going to talk about that. You know, we're going to talk about some guys from the lap um, that been added to the team since our last episode, mostly on minor league contracts. Going to go over that real quick. And then we're going to go over Mandy Bell's uh, projected line, uh, roster for next season, which I think is pretty interesting. No, nothing too crazy, but, you know, it's it's a little bit different because we've talked about Zach Mises a lot. So to talk about Mandy Bell's, that's going to be an uh, interesting thing to talk about. And then we're going to get into – the project we're gonna look at the outfield tonight because uh, if you haven't watched the Indians report with Al Pulaski and you know uh, Jensen Lewis, they did talk about the outfield and something we need kind of need to talk about because that's one of the big question marks with the Indians coming into this season. So first off, we are going to talk about the uh, USA Today MLB predictions. Uh, this came this actually came out on the fifteenth of this month and. We're going to save the AL Central for last, so we're going to go through everyone, other division, and you know, basically go over what we think of how each division will line up if we kind of agree or not with this. So with the well, we'll start in the NL. You know, do them. So National League in the East, we have Atlanta at ninety three and sixty nine, the Mets at eighty six and seventy six, the Nationals at eighty five and seventy seven, Philadelphia eighty three seventy nine. In the Miami Marlins, 75-87. Tom, what are your thoughts overall in terms of how that division kind of looks in terms of what USA Today is predicting for the NL East? I really think that 
it's going to be a much tighter race than they're predicting, especially with the Marlins, the way the Marlins came out and played last year. I still think they're a young team with a lot to prove. I have to not hate on the Mets really hard because I'm sure (laughs) that would be the Vogue thing to do as an Indians fan, as a baseball fan. Yeah. Do I think that win total is a little low? I guess, but it's going to be a tough division to win. So I could see the Braves. I think the Braves are still the best team out there. Right. I think there's a lot of questions that we'll have about, you know, Philadelphia and can Bryce Harper, you know, live up to that mega contract that he signed. I don't know. Um, I'd, I'd like to see the Marlins make another kind of run at it. Yeah, I would, it would be interesting to see if the Marlins continue off the year. I, th- I still think the Marlins are still a little bit away because I think they got lucky just of how just how crazy the season was. I think they just got hot at the right time. It's a short window, so it's you're not talking a full 162 where you know the teams who do would eventually fall off. Last year, just you didn't really see a whole lot of fall off because unless you're the Pirates because you absolutely stink, but I think the Marlins caught a little bit of a, just a weird season overall. I, I think 75 is probably okay for the Marlins. Philadelphia for me is a little low because the fact that you've got Real Muto back, you've got no, you got Harper for a month, <laughs> not for a month. Yeah. So, I mean, the pitching is still a big question mark for the Philly, for the, for the Phillies fourth place. I don't, I don't see Washington did get Josh Bell and they did get Brian hand. I don't know. You can almost flip, will make a difference. Yeah. You can almost flip flop Washington and Philadelphia at this point. The, the Mets, I would see more close to like 90, 92 ones for the Mets. 86 for me is a little low for them. So I think it's going to be a lot closer for Atlanta and the Mets than what people are kind of predicting. But other than that, I'd say you flip flop Washington and Philadelphia, and that's a pretty good solid NL East. Um, so the NL Central, you got the Cardinals at 90 and 72, Milwaukee 83, 79, the Cubs at 82 and 80, the Reds 79 and 83, and the Pittsburgh Pirates, which I believe is the Worst record in baseball at fifty-seven and one hundred five. Any any uh, any thoughts on the NL Central there, uh, Tom? I really hope the Reds are better than that. Yeah, I yeah. really strongly hope the Reds are better than that. Yeah, that same. kind of makes the Ohioan in me hurt just a lot to hear that. Um, yeah, I know RD. I, I know RD one like that. <laughs> I think RD is very aware of that fact. Yeah. But I think 90 wins definitely takes the NL Central. You get a significant amount of drop-off out of, you know, the Cubs because the Cubs are slowly dismantling and you're going to see a little bit of some drop out of the Brewers, which is natural. Yeah. Um, And the Cardinals just got Arenado, so – congratulations they have goldschmidt too and that didn't do shit for them well very true yeah that didn't that didn't uh put a ring on it so that's fine that's fine go you can have goldie you can have arenado 
do you have enough pitching outside of some old dude named Adam Wainwright? Yeah, true. And that's, and that's a crazy thing that a 91 NL central team can win the division. And you look at every other division, you're looking at 90, almost 95 do like closer to a hundred plus to win you the division. And NL central's like, ah, 91s. We're good to go. That like the Indians could almost make that every single year. The Indians could make that this year. Yeah, right. If exactly. If things go well, the Indians could win 90 games and not make the playoffs. Yeah, two ever not in the NL Central this year. We can easily just take that division if those teams are all in the low 30, uh, low 80s. So, I mean. Uh, we can make, listen, we can make a trade. We will swap spots with the Pirates. How does that sound? The rest <laughs> of the Central, you guys cool? Cool. Yeah, right. I mean, Wait, I mean, we're a lot closer to those guys to everyone else than Pittsburgh is, so why not, right? Just put just put us in the NL Central. But then uh, we have can to you go- imagine that trip? Can you imagine? Well, I guess it's not a bus trip anymore, but as to say, could you imagine a bus trip from Pittsburgh to Kansas City? Oh, that's gonna Ugh. be rough. That's gonna be rough. Oh yeah, but at least it's a flight. <laughs> yeah, right. So, but yeah, the Pirates though at fifty-seven one hundred five. We got for the rough. NL West. Yeah, the NL West. So we have. As a shock to absolutely nobody, I think this I think this number's a little low for the Dodgers. They're at 105 and 57. I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah, this the, this team is just stupid loaded. Uh the Padres, 95 and 67. The Diamondbacks, 77 and 85. The Giants, 76 and 86. And then you look at the Colorado Rockies at 66 and 96 there's really now between the bottom three, I think it's pretty much the same. You could swap Arizona and the giants. I think this is pretty much the, a good order for the NL West because the Padres, yeah, they did get you Darvish. They got Blake Snell, you know, they extended the crap out of Fernando Tatis and his 14 year, $340 million contract in that entire off the entire infield, not including Jake Cronenworth or Aaron Nola, their catcher. Four position, four position players in that in that infield, eight hundred and ten million dollars between Kim from the who the kid they just got from South Korea, Machado, Tatis, and Hosmer, and of course you know the Dodgers just picked up Jake, you know they just got Trevor Bauer, who is already on a rotation that's absolutely filthy with May, Bueller, Kershaw, Urias. I mean. Tom, I mean, what are your overall thoughts with the NL West, even though it's pretty much a foregone conclusion? Yeah, it's probably going to be the Dodgers unless the Padres absolutely just steal some games from them. Like, what are your thoughts? Um, the biggest question I have is, <clears throat> can Kershaw's back hold out? Um, can you avoid a freak injury to somebody like Walker Bueller? Um, yeah. And can you avoid some of your other key pieces from getting hurt, you know, that's always a huge part of being successful. And if they do get hurt, can your next man up really do something good for you? And I think that's something that we saw, you know, out of the 16 Indians where you had injuries happen and young guys stepped up and came up from AAA and made an impact. Yeah. I guess we'll see. I think the Padres will make that a little closer, I think the Padres maybe win 98, 99 games, mm-hmm. but it's still the Dodgers division to lose. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. The Dodgers just won a World Series and they add a Cy Young winner in Trevor Bauer to have like a $40 million AAV for, for like for his next like season or two seasons. It's just, 
that's just stupid that the fact that the Dodgers just won and got better. And that's even the Padres also got better with all the guys they got too. The Padres rotation is pretty solid. I mean, you got Snell, you got Darvish now, and then you got everyone Lynette, else. Paddock. Yeah. Then think of when Cleverger comes back next year, you have all those guys still there. Yeah. The Padres, Padres are going to look good for a little while now, especially for the, how good the infield is. And, you know, you got Trent Grisham in the outfield. And then, you know, like I said, you got Cronenworth who, you know, it's the Padres are going to be a fun team to watch, but yeah, the right now it's just, it's once again, the Dodgers and then who's going to take it from them at this point. So. I think to me, the potential return of Clevenger is a lot like who's afraid of the big bad wolf. I don't know that he's going to be able to stay healthy mm-hmm. over the course of a career and yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So sure. but we go in East or West to start the American league, big hoss. We are going to go to the uh, American League East for this one to get these guys out of the way because I most of these teams in the division I don't even like talking about because their fan bases are a pain in the butt to deal with. So we got the New York Yankees at 94 and 68, the Tampa Bay Rays at 88 and 74, the Blue Jays 87 and 75, Boston 80 and 82, and Baltimore at 60 and 102. Um, the Orioles are going to win that many games. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a bold prediction. They're giving Baltimore 16 there and they're giving uh the Pittsburgh 57. Like, hey, Baltimore is better than Pittsburgh by three games. (laughs) Yikes, it's wild. It's it's interesting because Boston, I think Boston's going to win a little bit more than 80 games, but for the fact that Tampa Bay is still pretty much bringing everyone back outside of Blake Snell, which is still wild that. You get rid of no, this no guy. Charlie Morton either. Yeah, Charlie Morton's gone too. So honestly, I would almost kind of see you would almost have to flip. I would say flip flop Toronto and Tampa, honestly, because Toronto's gotten really good. They brought they brought some guys in. They got George Springer. You know, you still got Biggio. You still got you know, Bo Bichette. I got <laughs> one name for you. One name. What's the name? Randy Arazarena. <laughs> Man, dude. Toronto, Toronto is an interesting team that they, I don't think they win the division. They mean, they might, they might get, it's just depending on how that rotation is going to do though. I think they make a run at a wild card next year. The division is definitely theirs though. Uh, oh, you think, do you think they're going to take to the division? Toronto, Toronto, Toronto yeah. next season, Toronto wins the division. Oh, in 2022. Okay. This one, Toronto, they're oh. in the hunt for a wild card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, again, because the whole thing that they're hoping for is that Tampa Bay's, you know, philosophy, um, turns completely on them and there's a whole blow up there. You're also hoping and praying the Red Sox don't get their shit together. And which I I feel bad for Orioles fans because at this point, abandon all hope. Yeah, for sure. With with Boston, I kind of doubt with looking at their outfield for the fact that they just also traded Benintendi and almost got like nothing back out of that deal. So I mean, they got like they got rid of Betts and Benintendi in two seasons, in like two seasons and consecutive years. Yeah, I mean they do have Verdugo, but outside of that, I'm not really sure what this Boston outfield is even going to look like in the infield now. It's there's question marks all over the place. I think Toronto, I think the Toronto might take the the division next year, but. If they can get hot and the Yankees kind of fall apart, like they like get on a slow start, like they 
been doing. Yeah, like Yankees start really bad. So I mean, the Toronto could do it this year. Luckily, I think they're I think they're giving Tampa a little bit too much credit because, like you said, they lost Snell and Morton. You lost two of your five rotation guys. Yeah, so. but you're bringing Rich, a guy like Rich Hill in, and Colin McHugh. So I think you'll be okay. Yeah, I I think Toronto and Tampa are definitely going to be fighting for a division spot because you look at the rest of the like rest of the AL. Like I think, because I don't think they're going with it. They're not going with the extended playoffs. So you're going back to what the three division winners and what two, like two in the wild card, something like that for that one game plan, I believe. Yeah. So we'll like we'll go through we'll go through the rest of the divisions and then we'll actually look and see what by records and how who's going to get in by that wild card and divisions and all that. So the AL West, the Houston Astros, eighty nine and seventy three. The A's, eighty six and seventy six. The the Angels eighty two and eighty, the Mariners seventy two and ninety, and the Texas Rangers sixty nine and ninety three. Honestly, man, it, I think this is Oakland's division. Houston, they're still giving Houston way too much credit. They just lost Springer. I don't know, man. I I I mean, they did get Michael Brantley back, but I don't think I don't think this is Houston's division. I think I think Oakland's gonna, I think they're gonna take it this year. What are your thoughts? Can Oakland replace a guy like Marcus Simeon? If Oakland can replace a guy like Marcus Simeon, I think we'll be okay. Well, they'll be okay. Yeah. But if you can't replace Marcus Simeon, there's the difference and the reason why I think they're going to put Houston above just because you have to at that point. Like you're hoping that you get some pitchers to get going I don't even think Chris Davis is there anymore. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, I don't see it. I think it's I think it's Houston and it's everybody else. I think for as much money as they're giving Mike Trout, it's criminal that he's not going to single-handedly be able to bring them a title, but it's because they literally can't afford to pay anyone else. Yeah, and the fact that they also got Rendon on the books too for his large contract, and you still have my, you still have Albert Pujols' contract too. Granted, they did get, you know, um, Otani his contract, and he's supposed to be full go next season to go two ways. But yeah, LA for the fact that the Angels are paying so much money and have probably one of the best, has the best player in baseball, according to MLB Network, and they're still going to win only eight two games possibly. That is, that, that but he is doesn't absolutely pitch. Joke. He doesn't pitch and he only plays one defensive spot. There's, it's not like you can make Mike Trout bat nine times in a game and just <laughs> continuously put like runners on for him. Yeah, right. It's, it's just crazy that the Angels are still a team that could potentially still not make the playoffs because they have no one else around them because their pitching is absolute dumpster fire. I mean, because wait, wait for it. They have a 10 year contract on the books that while I appreciate Albert Pujols to death, those contracts are a terrible idea. And we will definitely, well, you might not, but I will definitely hammer that home (laughs) as soon as we get to the Central and start talking about Detroit. Oh, for sure. And uh, speaking of... Bring the Central, man. Bring the Central. Let's hear it. Here's the Central Division. And this one is wild. Wild. I'm telling you right now, no team above 90 wins in this division in the AL Central. No one's above ninety. No one's above. No one's above ninety in this. Division. Do the Twins get ninety, or excuse me, do the Twins or the Sox get eighty-nine? I don't read it off. 
I'm going to go from last to first on this one. I'm going to make it a little interesting. Oh. Last, last to first. Oh, boy. Detroit Tigers, 61 and 101. Yeah. I think that's the third worst record in, in the all of Major League Baseball, the third worst. Kansas City, with the additions of uh, Slam Tana and Ben Intendi, 72 and 90. The Cleveland Indians sitting in third place, 82 and 80. Minnesota Twins, 87 and 75. Wow. That leaves the Chicago White Sox as the winners of this division with a record of 89 and 73. No one in this division gets 90. Us in the West are the only divisions where no team hits a 90 mark. We got 289s. Everyone else is 90 or better because St. Louis got 90. Yeah. But yeah, so it's Chicago, Minnesota, Cleveland, Kansas City, and Detroit. Detroit's a foregone conclusion. They absolutely stink. They're not going to get good. Sorry, Spencer, Torkelson, and all those guys have fun being in dead last in this division. Because like Cabrera with his massive contract absolutely just shoestring Detroit. And you mean they can't afford to pay anyone else because they're not actually in one of those kind of markets? I This has been one of those things that's been – I've had to deal with all off season and people about, I don't understand why they won't give Lindor. It's like, bro, done. Because then you're not paying Bieber. You're not paying. Well, I guess there's no one else that matters, but. <laughs> well, no, you got please, act, please act. There's please act. Please act. Please act. McKenzie, Quantrill. You have all those guys. Karen Chack, if he's doing really well. He's I'm not giving, up. but I'm not giving sticks oh. a huge contract. Well, no, I'm but yeah, giving, but. Yeah. yeah, if we're if we're talking big contracts, yeah, Bieber for sure. You can make a case for police sack, and I'd give Ho- I'd give Hosey a pay raise, but Hosey's gonna have to start playing like a consistent real MVP candidate, not just oh I'm gonna play hard for two weeks, force my way into the conversation, and then really I probably didn't deserve to be there. If Hosey wants that kind of money, Hosey's got to hit three ten plus every year until his contract. <laughs> He's got to hit like 30 bombs and get like 90 to 100 something RBIs a season, basically, to do something. His like on base percentage better be a gorgeous looking number because otherwise, I'm out. Yeah. There, there's a, there's a small, the list is really small for the Indians to give huge contracts to Bieber and Plesak. Maybe you're talking Hosey. And then you really got to hope that guys like Freeman step up, Reyes, and a bunch of other guys. It's, it's going to be, there's a there's gonna be a lot of guys that might not get huge contracts. There's maybe a couple on this team. They're gonna warrant the super mega contracts that you see throughout the league. But Kansas City, 72 and 90. Yeah, they did get Ben Nintendi, they did get Carlos Santana, but the rest of that lineup is still kind of suspect. And they're pitching they're still Kansas City. Yeah, and their pitching is still so all I mean, they do have some sexy, you know, rotation guys, but but it is Kansas City. Let's not get overhyped on them. Minnesota- Ooh, I got a bold. I've got a bold prediction for you. What's that? Whit Merrifield for AL MVP. I'm actually not mad about that. Whit Merrifield is actually really good, and he's really underrated in terms of what he can do, especially in the t- for a team like Kansas City. I could see if they're if we're gonna give if we're gonna give it to someone who's not like a judge or, you know, an Altuve or Mike Trout or guys like that. I would not be upset if, if Mitt Warfield. Mitt Warfield. Thank you. (laughs) 
gosh, my, my brain just Whit Merrifield. Yeah, Whit Merrifield just yeah, my brain just shot for a second. Yeah, he definitely has a shot. It's okay, you and Tom Hamilton have the same problem. <laughs> Whit Neither Mer- of you can say that man's name. Mitt, Whit Merrifield, I could say it. I just gotta make sure I'm saying Whit and not Mitt. If I say Mitt, it kind of throws me off. So Whit Merrifield, he, I, I would give it. To, I would be okay with giving it to him because he's a really underrated, undervalued player for what he does for Kansas City. For the fact he plays infield and the outfield phenomenally well. And he hits well. And he hits well. So, yeah, I'm not mad about that. Runs the bases well. It's almost like he knows how to play the damn game. Yeah, right. I'm looking at you, Francisco Lindor. Minnesota and Chicago at 89 and 87 wins, respectively. That one – I was a little bit shocked that Chicago and Minnesota did not get a 91 season because yes, it is the white Sox. Their pitching is still a little bit suspect, but you do have Lucas Giolito. You do have, you do have um, Keuchel. You just brought in Lance Lynn and you got Kopech coming back. I mean, the rotation, their rotation is pretty solid. Their bullpen. I'm not sure. I'll say Liam Hendricks. Who, I don't think there's really anyone else in that bullpen that, that could be like that's gonna besides um oh who was that one kid that they had last that big left handed kid that throws a hundred just for the hell of it yeah he, he throws he throws like a hundred and his sliders like dang near in the nineties as well like, yeah that his kid, sliders like ninety five or something like, yeah he, he 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 just all he throws is gas he has like no breaks in his like repertoire it's just all gas and it's just absolutely stupid outside of those two guys in the bullpen. I really don't know what if you look at the White Sox, I'm not sure. I could see them winning the division, but you really got to hope their pitching can carry them because you can hit all you want, but if your pitching is giving them a whole bunch of runs, that's gonna make it a really hard thing for your pitchers to keep you, you know, not from getting blown up after your starters are out. So I think their records are very indicative of the fact that at least some sports writers are acknowledging the fact that the American league central is going to spend all season teeing off on itself. Pretty much. Yeah. They're just going to beat up on each other. And then that's why you're not going to get a 90 win team out of all of that, because it's not like, it's not like the gap between one, two and three is really that significant. I mean, and then there's just Kansas city and Detroit for everyone to beat the shit out of, but. Yeah, when yeah, when you're looking at the NL West with the Dodgers and the Padres are both 95 and 105, and then the next team is 77 and stuff like that. And then you got the East with like a 94 and 88 and 87, and you dropped to 80. The West, 89, 86, dropped to 92, dropped to 72. So there's there are some divisions with drops. I mean, look at the NL Central. 90, 83, 82, 79, and then a massive drop-off with Pittsburgh at 57. See, Pittsburgh's I, always a massive drop off unless you're going there to hang out and play music, in which case it's a great time. But yeah, and, and their you, baseball is going to be rough. It's going to be a rough stretch again to be a Pirates fan. Sorry, hey, guys. Hey at, least, hey, at least you have some nice scenery. You know, at least it's, you know, it's not terrible. I mean, it, you are you are overlooking Pittsburgh, but I mean, you really can't beat the views out of PNC. So, I mean, you're not really upset about that. But yeah, I agree. With no, the views are gorgeous there. Pittsburgh is a very beautiful city to look at when you're driving by it. Yeah, yeah. It's just unfortunately there's some teams there we don't appreciate, you know, most of the Steelers. But there's really just one. There's yeah. really just one that I well, don't care about. Well the well the pirate well the penguins. No one really cares. Yeah, I'm not a hockey fan, so that's fine. Well, there you go. But I mean like I agree with you. This this division is definitely it's gonna be interesting with just how 
like you said, if they're going to be up on each other all season. It's going to be no surprise to anyone. The Indians at 82 and 80, I kind of feel like that's really – I feel like that's really low for this team because of the fact that, yes, we don't have Lindor anymore, and we, yes, we don't have Carrasco, but I still feel like this is – like that's a really big drop from a team that potentially could get 88 to 90 wins this season. 82 seems really low for me. I mean, we did get Eddie Rosario. We got Hernandez back. You know, then, but of course, you do have the question marks at first base. Two of the three spots in the outfield are question marks. Shortstop is a question marker who you, who you really want to play there outside of Jimenez and, you know, Ahmed Rosario. Third base is pretty you know, easy. Catcher, you just got to hope that our catchers step up this year and not like what, what happened last year. I mean, how do you feel about the USA Today seeing the Indians are 82 and 80? Do you think it's a little bit low for this team given all the guys we got in? and basically bringing a lot of solid key pieces like our rotation and our bullpen back? I think it's keeping expectations very tempered. Um, This is a team that has definitely has the ability to push into the upper 80s and potentially be not as disappointing as people think. But it's also a team that has the potential and ability to be a sub 500 team with a lot of the question marks that they have. So I do think 82 is a little, I feel personally that it's a little low, right? but I also understand why. No, I mean, I get it. I mean, I understand why too. I get it for me. It's like, it would have to be, it would have to be a rotation just gets absolutely overworked because either the bullpen starts to slack or we see what our offense did last year, which struggled a lot. So it could wear guys out too. So I'm okay with keeping expectations kind of low and not being like, oh, we're going to be a 95 win team this year. If we can, if we can make the playoffs or at least making a push for a wild card, I'd be happy with that because at least you know, at least we're still competing. Grand for the fact we, I mean, we did lose Lindor and we lost Carrasco, but we still do have guys that we brought in. And guys, we are bringing back that. I think this team is going to be a little bit more fun to watch than just 82 wins, in my opinion. I mean, it's definitely interesting to watch for sure. The thing I'm most concerned about are those two to one, one to nothing, you know, three to two, three to one kind of games. Those are the games that are going to scare the life out of me because that's a lot of grinding. Yeah, but you did get rid of a guy who really wasn't much help in those situations in the last few years. So that's fine. You pick up a bat like Eddie Rosario, a guy who's trying to put his bat on the ball. He's not trying to launch it out. He's not trying to do anything crazy like that. He's just trying to put it in play, make something happen. You've got Cesar Hernandez. He's going to put it in play and make something happen. I really hope that those guys can be an example to some of these younger players on this team. Yeah, for sure. The fact that we brought, you know, we got, you know, Hernandez back, which was amazing because I said it all year. We said it all year last year. This dude's consistent. Got him back. You got your leadoff guy. And now you've got, we're not, we don't have to play against Eddie Rosario anymore. He's not going to kill us almost every time we play him. Now he's going to be on our team, killing other teams. So that's going to be a big help. And if Reyes stays consistent, J Ram stays consistent, 
and you know get Bebo to step up. You know, see. Hopefully, we see the Josh Naylor of the playoffs where he just got stupid hot. So it's going to be interesting for sure. So anyone keeping track at home with the records and looking at who's going to make the who's going to make the playoffs? You know, we got the three division winners and we got the two wild cards because we're not doing the expanded playoffs. Thank goodness, because that's actually going to make that's going to make the trade deadline a really interesting aspect and see what we're going to do overall in terms of teams and all that. So we're not going to have a super huge playoff system. So looking at the NL, your division winners, Atlanta, St. Louis, and the Dodgers. Now, this is the interesting part. Now you have your two wildcard spots. Your two wildcard teams will be the San Diego Padres at 95 wins and the New York Mets at 86 wins, with Washington being one game out and Milwaukee would be three games out of that second wild card spot. So it would be interesting. I mean, so basically you would have the Dodgers with the one seed and then you got probably depending on how the rest of the, so we got what maybe Atlanta against the Mets or no, the, well, the, well, the, the, the wild card would be the Mets and Padres and they would probably be facing probably Atlanta because St. Louis might get out of the playoff system is weird, but you, you get the points. Like, it's basically going to be the Padres and the Mets in that one game elimination wild card game. Can you imagine a 95 San Diego Padres team still having to have to play a wild card game? Just because yes. <laughs> that's yes, just that how, baseball. Yeah, it's baseball. Yeah, they're going to play an 86 win New York Mets team in the in the one in the wild card game, and of course the the Dodgers would get that you know number one seed. We're not really going to have to worry about anyone for right now, so. It'll be interesting. So then you look at the American League. You got the Yankees, the White Sox, and the Houston Astros winning their divisions. And here are the wild card teams. You got Tampa Bay and Minnesota with Oakland one game back and or two game, yeah, one game back of the wild card. And you would have Toronto tied with Minnesota. That would be an interesting aspect of how they're going to play the you know, tiebreakers and a whole bunch of other stuff. So right now you would have two teams tied with the same record in that second wildcard spot. It would be interesting to see how they would figure that out. Or I wonder if they would have a one game playoff before a one game playoff, unless they are like, no, we're doing tiebreakers for Toronto and Minnesota. But of course, anything can happen. Toronto can, who really knows? This is just predictions, but that's what they're predicting. Those Those are how the divisions would go and where teams could potentially get into the playoffs. Like, what are your thoughts overall about those playoffs in terms of those teams getting in? Playoff baseball, I'll watch it. I'm a baseball fan. <laughs> Agreed. Pretty much, I, I'm pretty much on this on that same thing with you. It's not so. the Red Sox. What's I'm it? cool. It's not the Red Sox. I'm cool. Yeah, right. Um, it's, Nothing it's, would make me giggle harder at a lot of you than Houston making another deep playoff run. I think that would be funny. Yeah, and you, you predict them, and they, and they don't even make the World Series. So, <laughs> oh, Randy Rosarena, man, what can I tell you? Yeah, all right. All right. So, looking, we're going to move on now. So, we're going to look at Mandy Bell's projected opening day roster. Um, I think it's a pretty interesting one. You know, we said, like I said, we talk about Zach Meisel's a lot, a lot through the offseason. But with Mandy Bell being the MLB.com Indians beat writer, she's, you know, Zach is tapped in, but I think Mandy Bell's probably more tapped in than anyone else in terms of what's going on with the tribe. So basically, here's her opening day roster. Catcher, I mean, are we really shocked by these two? Roberto Perez and Austin Hedges. I mean, 
are we really yeah. shocked about this? I mean, Perez, five and a half million. You're looking at Hedges with a one-year 2.8 to avoid arbitration. There is a potential chance that maybe after this year, they might let Perez go and have Hedges become the new starter and have Bo Naylor as a backup next year. Depends on how the minor league season goes. I could definitely see that happening as well. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, like we're actually going to, you know, we're going to talk, we're going to talk about that a little bit too, because, you know, we do have a little bit of a change up in the minor league system. Um, just on who's in what league per se, there's only one real change. Um, other teams and other, other affiliations got changed a lot, but in terms of the Indians, there's only one change. We'll go over, go over about that later. Here's her pick for first base. She's got Bowers and Bradley being at first base next season. We've been basically been saying that all off season. I mean, I don't think, any, I don't think either one of us are really shocked about that. No, because especially with the Rosario signing Bowers now does not fit in the outfield at all. Um, unless maybe he's spelling Josh Naylor for a day. Yeah. So I got you. There could be a potential for some good, you know, lineup mixing, I guess. You know, if you want to get favorable matchups against somebody, those two are pretty much a toss up for me at this point. Yeah. I know because Mandy does mention this in her article that Tito is really, they're going to try to lean on Bradley a little bit more because they want to see what he can do because he's only played in 15 big league games. And I think right now, they want to see how Bradley does to start camp out and mostly use him as probably the guy at first base, but it all really depends on how he does this year. So, I mean, I would hope to see Bobby Bradley finally get that chance to be like, all right, this is the guy that we've been really waiting on to finally step up and play first base. But with Bowers, you kind of have to have him on the team because he's out of options. So, we're going to have to have two first basemen next year unless they think Bobby needs another year in AAA, which I don't think we really need to at this point because we know what he can do down there. And like I said, Tito is talking about that. He really wants to see what, what Bobby Bradley can do in 2021. Like Right now, my money is on Bradley playing first. But that's going to be interesting to see what he does with his 15 games played in his career being the everyday first baseman unless, like you said, they're going to rotate it. So next guy we have Cesar Hernandez playing second, obviously bringing him back on his one year, $5 million deal, which like you said before, Tom, churn off an entity with their magic. We somehow get a guy back after winning a gold glove on his $5 million deal. I mean, how great is not going to question it? Not going to question it. You're like, nope. we, we got him back. We got our leadoff guy. He won a gold glove with us last year. Perfect. <laughs> Start that table off right. You're going to get that man on base. He's going to be a force on the base paths. He's going to make smart base running decisions. He's going to you know, be a slick fielder. I'm cool with it. Love it. What yeah. do we got at shortstop? All right, so shortstop, they, Mandy actually has Andres Jimenez playing short for the, um, for the Indians because Jimenez seemed to be the focal point in the return for the Lindor Carrasco trade. So from, from an early guess of what she's saying that Jimenez might be the guy at shortstop come opening day, just because it seemed like he was the key focal point of that trade that sent Frankie and uh, cookie to New York. 
I'm not upset about it. I mean, there could be a chance to have him and start in the minors just because, you know, service time. Indians know how to manipulate the service time. So there could be a chance that Jimenez starts in the minors, but Mandy thinks that he has a legitimate shot of as she has an early guess of him starting on opening day. Like what are your thoughts on Andres getting the tap for being the opening day shortstop over Ahmed Rosario? Or do you think I haven't seen a lot of tape? I haven't seen a lot of tape of either of those two guys. Mm -hmm. So I think it'll really come down to spring training and our organization has a really good track record of eventually making sure guys who should be playing in those positions rise to the top or trading them because they don't fit the organization and then they go on to be really good somewhere else. So I'm yeah. fine. Yeah. Cause she does mention too, that the Indians could make a move to make a Rosario also be part of the outfield mix to give him and as a shot to play at shortstop. So we'll talk about the outfielders here in a little bit, but just bring up the aspect of maybe playing Jimenez in the minors or having him start in the majors and moving Ahmed to the outfield. Third base, we don't want to Hosey, enough said. Yep, Hosey, enough said, done, move on. Uh, designated hitter, no surprise here. Frank Reyes. Enough said. Enough please said. be actually no, plenty to say. Please be a consistent hitter. <laughs> yeah. Please, you had it figured out for like two weeks last year. Put those two weeks into like three months, bro. Yeah, just six have months, it's whatever. Yeah, please just then, get it together. Yeah, just hit baseballs into the hedges in center field in Detroit for like an entire season. We'll be happy. <laughs> I, dude, I don't even care if he hits a ton out. I just want him to smoke balls into the gaps. That's it. Yeah. Just want him to hit doubles. Give us 25 to 30 bombs. Get a get like 90 something ribs. We're good to go. Just be consistent. Utility. This is not really going to be a shock to anyone. We brought we got Mike Freeman back. Mandy thinks he's going to be the super utility guy because he's done it before. <laughs> and Tito loves his utility guy. So, no, he loves the veteran guys. And it's <laughs> Mike Freeman. I listen, I love Mike Freeman. I have absolutely nothing against the guy, but we're trying to figure out what we have in a bunch of these young guys. Like, <sighs> yeah, it's. Unless it's a Napoli situation where you're bringing him in and you're trying to get him a shot to play somewhere else and he just has to audition really well here in Cleveland, like, cool. Like, please don't tear your ACL or something stupid. Or or what we talked about with Amari a few times, the veteran presence in the locker room. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he is the mayor of <laughs> so I don't know. The other guys that Mandy does mention – uh, for the super for the utility role is Yu Chang and Ernie Clement. I don't know about Ernie at all being that dude to be the utility guy. Yu Chang, I think Yu Chang is a guy that the Indians are going to look at in, more in the future. I don't know if they want to hinder him to be a utility guy where it's like, no, nah, we want you to be at third base in the minors or second base or something and get consistent reps. Now, it wouldn't make any sense for Yu Chang to be up as a utility guy when he's that young. And they get you, and he could get more playing time down in Columbus. Where, where are your thoughts? Where are your thoughts on that? Do you think they should go with Mike Freeman, or do you think they should go with Yu Chang, and hopefully he just clicks? I thought that this should have been Yu Chang's role. I know I pulled for Nolan Jones at various points um, in the offseason, but I think if you're gonna, I keep coming back to it. If you're gonna find out about these guys, find out about these guys. 
Let Yu Chang be the super utility guy. Let him. Find out what you have in him. Yeah. But stop wasting your time on these other guys that, again, I like Mike Freeman. I know what he can do. I don't know what Yu Chang can do. I don't know if I'm ready to start the clock on Clement yet, but I think, yeah, I think they're going to, I think my best guess is they're going to give him a normal off season, like a normal minor league system again and see how they do overall through a minor league season. I think that's the only reason why they're not going to be like, let's put Yu Chang as utility guy because well, we got Mike Freeman back. Let's give Yu Chang permanent time in an actual minor league off season. I think that's why they brought Mike Freeman back, honestly. Makes sense. So here And the- now for the basket case of the night. Yes, we do have, like I said, we do, have, we do Yeah, we do have Al Pulaski and Jensen Lewis's talks of the 10 outfielders we are bringing in, but we're going to get that to that after we talk about the outfield and pitching because we still have our pitchers to go through too, but this is what Mandy Bell's prediction of the outfield is going to be. You got Ed Rosario, Josh Naylor, Daniel Johnson, Oscar Mercado, Jordan Luplo, and Ahmed Rosario. So she's going to go with the Ahmed Rosario to the outfield, Jimenez playing the shortstop option. Um, there's a good chance. You know, I think Nolan Jones is going to be in the outfield. He might get thrown into the outfield mix, but I could definitely see. I still think that you're going to give Nolan Jones more time to get used to the outfield and the minors. And you basically got Luplo and Naylor and Johnson fighting for the out corner outfield spots. But Eddie, Eddie's taken one of the spots. Eddie Rosario's taken one of the corner spots, but now you're going to have Naylor, Johnson, and Luplo fighting for the uh, one of the other out corner outfield spots. And obviously, you're going to look at Oscar Mercado playing center. Ahmed Rosario, he's going to be in the mix. Mix of playing it short. It may be play it second if you're going to give Hernandez a day off. But what are your thoughts on a Rosario, Rosario, Naylor, Johnson, Mercado, Luplo, outfield? What does she say about Bradley Zimmer? Uh, let's see. What did, did she say anything? Uh, let's see. Uh, this, this, there, here's the whole blurb. So I'm going to quote this because I don't want to take it. Uh, because we have him and as it's shortstop for now, Ramez Rosario will get penciled in here. Although he's only made one big league appearance in the outfield, he could absolutely factor into the Tribe's outfield mix in 2021. The one guarantee is that Eddie Rosario will man one of the corners, and it's expected that Mercado will reclaim his starting job in center. That leaves a battle between Naylor, who can also back up at first, keynote back up at first, Luplo and Johnson to win the other corner outfield spot. Eventually, the Tribe's top prospect, Nolan Jones, will get thrown into the outfield mix, although he spent... Majority of his time at third, the Indians have been working on his defense in the outfield over the past offseason in order to be able to get him in the spot in the lineup with Ramirez at the hot corner. She did not mention Bradley Zimmer. My guess is Bradley Zimmer is going to be in AAA for the most part because they want probably want to get Brad more consistent at bats because he's been hurt a lot recently. And for the fact they really want to lean hard on Mercado, to be the guy that they had back in the back half of 19. That's probably why my guess is that Bradley is not going to be with the major league club because they want to give him more consistent at bats and not have him in this gauntlet of a rotation with Johnson, Luplo, Ahmed Rosario, and Josh Naylor. 
I think Josh Naylor. Um, I think it's going to be Josh Naylor and Daniel Johnson. <clears throat> as much as I like Luplo, well, I, mean, all I think five... he ends up in AAA, and I think that Zimmer gets traded. Yeah, I mean, they're. I mean, they're going. To, we're going to have all out five, all five outfield guys, and then it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do with Jones. And the only thing I can think of is they might trade a Med Rosario for someone, and bring, and bring up and bring up Nolan Jones. I mean, hard to say. I don't know, but having a Med Rosario in the outfield that's a that's an interesting move for sure. I think just have the fact that we're going to have three guys in Naylor, Johnson, and Luplo fighting for one of the corner spots. And you already have two of the outfield spots already taken up with the guy you're hoping steps up in Mercado to bring his groove back. But at least we have Eddie Rosario. So, I mean, at least we have one field corner spot locked down. Now it's, you have about three or four guys that are going to be fighting for one other spot. Or, sorry, three guys fighting for one spot out of Naylor, Rosario, and Johnson. Oh, and Luplo, so four. So that's, it's going to be wild. (laughs) It's going to be a wild outfield once again. So going to the starting pitchers, this is let's let's do, let's start with our bullpen so that we use the starting pitching to end on a high note. Well, well actually let's before let's actually do the Jensen and Al Pulaski 10 outfielders in the spring training roster real quick, just to get this out of the way since we're talking about the outfielders, you know, we got Bowers, Luplo, Naylor, Eddie Rosario, Daniel Johnson, Oscar Mercado, Framil Reyes, Bradley Zimmer, Billy Hamilton, and Ben Gamble. We have 10 outfielders coming into our spring training facility. Ahmed Rosario is not a part of that because he's technically the infielder, but this is all of our outfielders right now at spring training. The last two, still a bit of a head scratcher. I don't know why we got Billy Hamilton. He's basically another DeShields, or like what you said, a Gray Gallon. All speed, no bat. Ben Gamble, was he a 261 career hitter? I think that's what you said, Tom. Yeah, he's a career 261 hitter, which might have sufficed in years past. Mm-hmm. But if you've got a guy like Josh Naylor who projects that he should hit over 275 to 283 in a full season, I don't care about your paltry 261. You're not going to outrun Mercado. I mean, yeah, I'm sure Gamble's quick, but he's nowhere near as fast as Hamilton. The only reason I could see them giving Hamilton any kind of a look is because he's got that Willie Mays Hayes speed. Otherwise, yeah, it makes no sense. I mean, I wouldn't see Hamilton even taking. Like, we're I don't think we're really going to give a roster spot for a guy who's probably going to pinch run more than anything else because he doesn't have a bat. What are you going to do? Have him be the sacrifice ground guy? Like, we're not the NL. I mean, to be fair, Greg Allen does have a job. Very true, he does. You know, hope he has a, you know, good time in San Diego. He doesn't have to worry about the snow very much unless he's Dude, he got playing. moved to the Yankees. Oh, did he? Oh, I didn't even know that. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, have fun in New York. I guess I guess all the Indians are going to New York because you got Frazier, Klubes, so... I imagine he'll spend some time at Triple A Wilkes-Barre. Oh, that's gonna be a whole lot of fun. <laughs> hey, say hi to Michael Scott and everyone down there in Scranton. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Come on, man. You know I couldn't pass up making that kind of a joke. <laughs> you could have, but you didn't. So nope, I did not. That. Nope, I did not. So I am not mad about it. 
All right, so we're going to the relievers, and um, it's an interesting list. Uh, we got James Karinchak, probably going to be the team's closer. Uh, Emmanuel Classe is going to be back. He's actually going to play for the. He's going to be playing for the Indians, and hopefully, his one hundred and one mile an hour cutter is still going to be there. But like you said, he is going to be a lock into that position. Hopefully, he's the guy that we traded for in that that Corey Kluber trade, which. No one right now has won that trade from both teams. I know, the, I know the Rangers didn't. They got Cooper for like what one inning. And now he's in New York, so and they brought the Shields back. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it's like, hey, we're gonna trade you, but we're gonna bring you back next year. Like, okay, whatever. Uh, Nick Wickren, lock. lock. Phil Maton, lock. lock. Kyle Nelson, maybe uh, it's an interesting move. You know, another we, we get another lefty. We get, we get like another, what's up? I said I like it. Yeah, I'd be about it. Yeah, we got we got a lefty, as, as Dallas Braden would say. We got a lefty in that in that bullpen. Good. It's better than just Grandpa Ollie being back there. Yeah. All, spe- all oh, speaking of Grandpa Ollie, Oliver Perez is actually back with the Indians again <laughs> on a minor league deal, but. We got Ollie Perez back, so he lock, <laughs> lock <laughs> for sure. Coming back for his third year with the Indians. I mean, he, and what he, is this like his forty-first in Major League Baseball? Something like that. I know, I know he's gonna. I know he's gonna. It says he's gonna turn forty this year, but he's gotta be turning at least like eighty-nine. But I mean, this dude's been in the league forever. So, but welcome yeah. back, Grandpa Ollie. Glad that glad, glad to have you back in our bullpen as our second lefty. Uh, Adam Pletko is in the bullpen compared uh, to what Mandy Bell says. That would be interesting. A lo- nice long reliever because uh, it's kind of well known that his – he is definitely a four-inning guy. He's not a five, six, seven. He's going to eat some innings up. He's that long reliever that you kind of need to help yeah. the rest of the bullpen some help and or one of our starters absolutely just craps the bed, so – He's gonna be that long. He's gonna be that four inning guy who's gonna eat up some innings for the most part. And probably in games we're gonna get blown out in, or like I said, given a lot of guys rest. My Copenhagen Mint Josh Tomlin Player of the Year. <laughs> oh man, we yeah we we got we gotta make some fun uh, players of the weeks and stuff like that, or players of the months for this show. <clears throat> so, but the last guy she names on this list um, now. It's not Kim Hill because he's still kind of recovering from his wrist injury that he got in the car accident back in November. Um, he is going to come back by the end of camp. He has he might have a shot for the opening day roster. It all really depends. Um, so we might have Kim Hill back. Um, Nick Sandlin, he is up with the team right now. Um, he's one of the guys we are going to talk about the transition. The, we're going to talk about some transactions that did happen between shows. So Nick Sandlin might have a shot. Um, so we'll see how he does. We brought Brian Shaw back. <laughs> he, he's one of the guys that Mandy Bell has penciled in as one of the relievers coming into the Indians opening day roster. This you just have season. to ask yourself, who did they want to scare that they brought Brian Shaw in? <laughs> like, hey, we're not sure we're ready to give you a roster spot or we're not sure we want to make you a full-time guy out of triple a, 
So yeah. we're going to bring Brian Shaw in to compete with you. As a, as a non-roster invitee. <laughs> He's not even on the roster. He's just on the minor league invite roster to maybe break out of camp with. Same with Perez. From what I've heard, I think Ollie's got a better chance than Brian does. You know, Ollie's but I like Ollie's stuff better than I like Brian's at this point in their careers. Well, Ollie has to come. Well, he's going to break camp because we need lefties, and Kyle Nelson can't be the only lefty in our bullpen because we need more than just one lefty. So, see, that's where you're wrong. That's where you're wrong. It absolutely could be just just Kyle Nelson. Very true. I mean, very true. We could have. Plucko, we could have Ollie and Brian Shaw both now making it. You got maybe a guy like Nick Sandlin and Trevor Stevenson, who we got in the Rule Five draft, who we have have to keep in our in our bullpen. Oh, Stevenson, yeah. See, see, maybe it's like, oh well, you know, hey, well, Class A, we're gonna use Brian Shaw to try and keep you from having a job. But, but, our friend of England's perspective did say that he might go back to the Yankees if we cannot get a deal done with him. So that might open up a roster spot for an Ollie Perez or a Brian Shaw. So it all depends. Like I said, we didn't mention Cam Hill. Cam Hill becoming, could be coming back too. So Brian Shaw not, might, might not make it because you got Cam Hill. So, I mean, so what are your overall thoughts with – oh, sorry, we almost forgot the starters. Our starting rotation – Shane Bieber, come on, lock, easy. Zach, please, Zach, come on. Two. Aaron Savali, who's surprised? No one. Bueller, no? Okay, good. We're Wrong clear. team. Yeah, well, well true, but. Uh, <laughs> Tristan McKenzie, interesting. We just got to hope that his arm – We'll get his velocity or his whole body, literally his whole body. Since I'm pretty sure that's just one continuous piece of like twig. <laughs> the limbs are just other sticks that you just attach to the uh, to the main stick, but like, right with like super glue. He's just um, a very small, thin, whippy little branch, and I'm just real scared that it's not going to hold up. And I like McKenzie; I yeah. really have high hopes for him. But good lord, he showed up for camp. You keep hearing all these stories about guys losing weight and, you know, they're getting in better shape. McKenzie looks exactly the same. Yeah, you got like, Bro, please, please, somebody force feed that kid four protein shakes a day or something. Get, get, please. Get, get, him, get him in the weight Mask room. Get him in the weight room or something. Give him, give him like the Mike Napoli diet. Just let him just get yoked. What beer and hot dogs? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's, oh no, that's the John Lester. Never mind. Yeah, that's that. That's the John Lester one. But I mean, yeah, you get what Bobby Bradley drops twenty five pounds. I think Bradley dropped thirty five, bro. Yeah, was it Naylor dropped in there? I think Naylor dropped twenty something. I forget. Like there was a bunch of dudes coming on that Twitter feed. And Perez like, dropped twenty five. They've yeah. all got Andre not scared that he's gonna have to <laughs> start working out more. Yeah, because all these dudes are just dropping weight, and he's gonna be like Logan Allen. I guess one of the Logan Allens dropped thirty five as well. What? I think the guys are just getting working to get yoked and just like Weight Watchers, bro. Like this is cool. Yeah, right. Let's go the Cleveland Weight Watchers. (laughs) Oh, oh, please no! Oh, please don't let that be. Are the Cleveland Jenny Craig's or some nonsense? (laughs) I'm glad you were the one to say it because I didn't want to be the one to say it. (laughs) 
Oh man, dude, people are gonna He's be like taking corporate sponsorship to a whole new place. Oh, no, man. I feel good about. The, I do feel good about the starting pitch. Oh, for though. sure. Oh, there's one name I didn't mention. Cal Quantrill. Exactly. Boom. Well, because if you think about who else, in the, I mean, we're not gonna have some. We're not gonna have Plucko be a starter. I mean, Carrasco's not there anymore. So basically, every one of our starters is 25 years old or less. Which nothing wrong with that. I mean, shoot, that's awesome. I don't think any other team can say they have an entire rotation of young guys who can blow smoke and actually shut lineups down like like what we do. So no, it's true. Yeah, I feel good about it. I feel good about the starting pitching for years to come. Because there's all kinds of just big, scary, nasty fastballs waiting in single A, double A, and triple A. So yeah, I'm cool. Yeah, and here, yeah. So Mandy Bell says the top three are pretty much locks: Bieber, Plesac, Savali, McKenzie. If he doesn't run into any problems, he's probably going to get the spot in the rotation, which I think he does because he played really well last year. Comes down to the fifth spot. You know, we got Quantrill, Logan Allen, the Elder. The elder Logan Allen. Uh, it's still crazy. We got two Logan Allens in our <laughs> in our system, but baseball. Uh, Scott Moss, Adam Plecko. I see more as a bullpen guy. Out. Sam Hedges, Trevor Stephen, or Trevor Stephan, uh, Jean Carlos Mejia, and Jordan Humphreys. The Ooh. only guy I could say that might have a shot to me. Scotty Moss. Yeah, Scotty Moss or the elder Logan Allen. I think one of those two guys, the elder Logan, the elder Allen, maybe. I would say Scott Moss is probably has a better option of knocking one of those spots up. I, I really hope Adam Plucko is the starter. I hope he's not the starter and they're going to put Quattro long back. reliever, dude. Wouldn't it be wild to see them go with like six starters, like buck the trend and go six starters, and it be Quantrill and a guy like Scott Moss. That would be, that would be. I, I could get be, behind that. That would be wild if they did that. No, I'm curious to see if they're going to have Plucko be the fifth star and then have Quantrill come out of the bullpen and then at some point switch it. Like they flip-flop that around in case one – if Plucko still isn't getting it done. He would have to give it to Quantrill. He's a starter. He's really good as a starter. I would give it to him because when he did pitch for the Indians out of the pen for three, four innings, he was he was lights out. So I would say – And I like Plucko more as a four-inning guy. Yeah, he he's I I, mean, I have nothing against Adam Plucko. I have no problem with him, but I agree with you. He's he's more of that four inning long reliever, gonna eat some innings up for the bullpen type stuff. So I'm okay with having him in there. Like I said, Scotty Moss is probably the only other guy I can maybe see taking a shot at it. But without Quantrill, McKenzie, Savali, Plesek, Bieber, that's a solid one through five. I mean, how how do you feel about that? How about how do you feel about that one through five with the Indians with those guys? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm with it. Yeah. Um, I really think that we're going to see a slight drop off from Bieber just because he had an ungodly season last year. But you're also going to see, I think, a good year out of Plesak. He's put in some good work. Another year to mature. Uh, he's going to turn 26 here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since, you know, well, not fairly soon, but midway through the season, since we know when his birthday falls now. Yeah, yeah, right. So I mean, it's going to be interesting. I think with those five looking, honestly, I, I'm not really worried about our pitching staff and our bullpen. It's most of the offense I'm kind of worried about. But right now, 
I think it's safe to say our pitching between our the starters and our bullpen, depending on who might make it out of camp for a couple spots, you know, between Shaw, Perez, you know, all those other guys, like, you know, what are they going to do with Trevor Stevenson? And, um, you know, with, you know, Cam Hill coming back, I think it's going to be interesting with the op, with the rotation guys. There's like one other guy out of, out of the Pleco and Quantrill talk, you know, Scott Moss, but I think we're fine overall. I mean, what are your thoughts just overall with the 26 that Mandy's kind of thrown out there? I think five through nine in the batting order is going to tell whether or not we're going to hit our 82 win mark or not. I would say I would say the six and I would say six through nine because if you think of the five, you're looking at Hernandez and Mercado. Well, you, you got Hernandez, you got J Ram, you got Reyes, you got Rosario. So yeah, yeah, I would say about four. Five if you count Josh Naylor. So yeah, I, I guess you're right. Five through nine. See, yeah. I would I would flip Naylor and Reyes. I'm nervous about Reyes, and I I very badly want Reyes to have a good year. My thing, I would say probably if you really look at it, you can probably go Hernandez one, Mercado two, um, get him going, put him in the two spot. I know a lot of people like put him in the nine. I would say then what Jerem three. Eddie Rosario four, Framil five, Naylor six. What 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 are your what? Ramirez two, Rosario three, Naylor four, Reyes five. That's not bad. I mean, that's not bad. I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset with that either. I mean, or go or go Reyes four, Naylor five, but then you you have more. You at least have a guy in Naylor who can get on in front of Reyes in yeah. five. Because there's a good chance that you're going to see some uh, some of them big flies coming out of the three hole if you put Rosario there. You've got J-Ram who's just as fast as Cesar. you got guys who should be getting on the bases. Yeah. So I'm with it. Yeah, I'm with it too. I think you're going to see Perez probably hitting eighth or ninth, and depending on what they're going to do, if they're going to have Mercado play ninth or. I, I'm on the I'm on the train of having a fast guy at nine because you basically have two leadoff guys at one and nine, honestly. Yeah. But a lot of people said that Mercado lost his confidence at nine. I think I think he lost his confidence. No matter, I don't really matter where they put him in the in the lineup. His he just didn't have any to begin with, and it's super was super sad to watch, especially for as improved as he was at the end of his rookie season it yeah. was so tough to watch that yeah so i still think we're, i think if he has more confidence and understand that the ninth spot is not the worst spot to be on a road on a roster because the ninth spot is another leadoff guy honestly that you want another fast guy there so hoping he does well so it's it's still gonna be interesting for sure so we're gonna go through the transitions real quick of guys who did come you know for the month of February coming that gets them, you know, minor league roster contracts with invites to spring training. You know, we got D, uh, DJ Johnson was the one guy who got an invite. Brian Shaw got an invite. Kyle Dowdy got an invite. Um, you know, Mike Freeman did sign a minor league contract, but he's got the invite. Obviously he's probably going to be the utility guy. Uh, Bo Naylor got invited as a non-roster invite to spring training. Nick Sandlin, another bullpen guy that, 
uh, a lot the Indians have high hopes on. He might get a shot if he does really well in spring training. He could make some noise to be a part of the bullpen. Um, Owen Miller, Tyler Freeman are also non or invited non-roster players to come to spring training. You know, the Indians signed free agent Rosario back on the fourth. Uh, Heath Hembray on the fifth got a non-roster with an invite to spring training. Ben Gamble, who we talked about earlier, also was uh, added on. The Indians did bring a lot of other guys up too, but there's a lot of, you know, like Will Benson, Alex Call, um, you know, George Valera, you know, Connor Maribel, you know, guys like that are kind of like, they're going to be mostly the, probably in the back lots, you know, backfields and stuff like that. Probably not getting a whole lot of the main, you're going to see them, but not a whole lot. Uh, Billy Hamilton got signed, you know, Oliver Price came back, Ryan LaVarnway. That was an interesting on Friday. He was the last guy that, you know, the Indians assigned in terms of a free agent. That was interesting getting Ryan LaVarnway a shot. Cause you're looking at, with the, all the other catchers we have, I don't really see unless they're looking at him in terms of a possible like some guy down in the minors. That's all I can really see. I don't know. What are your thoughts overall with all the guys that the Indians brought in terms of free agents and non-roster invites? Like any big names stood out to you? No. It honestly just sounds to me like, hey, we're going to need guys to go fill split squad games. Have at it. Go do your thing. Yeah. Collect check and maybe you catch on somewhere else. I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know if you're going to have split squad games because of COVID and stuff. We might, you might be seeing a lot of inner squad games, probably depending on how that works out with, you know, the all the games we got starting next week, which is game ones against the Reds. It's at the Reds, but it's at our facility. It's still a good year, so that's it's, good. Yeah, it's and still one a, more thing on some of those young outfielders that you were talking about, like Will Benson and Valeris and stuff. Yeah. You want those guys there so that they're getting the instruction ahead of time oh, and to get sure. them acquainted to what it feels like to be in the big league camp. So those guys, hey, cool, you know, let them see – Old Grandpa Perez do that weird motion that he's got that I would not want to stand in a batter's box for. So, yeah, for sure. I honestly, with those guys coming up, coming up, and like, there's a lot of upside with our outfit, all of our young outfitters we have, like with Valera and all of them. I'm ex- and Benson. I'm excited to see where the how those guys are going to be. And then, of course, you know, you got Freeman and Owen Miller and all those other guys. You see what you know, give them some instructions too so it's gonna be an interesting camp with all the guys we have coming up and just the roster in general but yeah man i'm excited for spring training games to start up next week and be able to listen to hopefully some of the games i don't know if every game is going to be covered on uh i think every game might be covered on the radio for the indians at least i know there's usually we don't have a lot of tv games in terms of spring training unless it's very few but I, I would i would could imagine we're gonna have probably all the minor league or all the uh spring training games at least with tom hamilton and you know rosie and all that so i'm excited man like i, I, I don't know about you i'm just excited that baseball's back and we got some spring training games next week and we got actual storylines to talk about other than just who we might be bringing the free agency where is Frankie gonna go so i mean just he's I, gone <laughs> so how do you feel about it how do you just feel just just overall just with the fact that we're finally 
here. We're finally ready to talk actual games and actual season storylines rather than just let's get it on, man. I'm I'm so sick of the the trade talk and the you know I I think it's very important that we have discussions about the the imagery and you know where we're going with a potential name change and I'm I think those conversations are important but now it's time to get back to why we're here and it's talking baseball so yeah, I'm excited exactly. for it I'm looking forward to the season ahead and I think they're going to give us a lot of very frustrating goes but i think they're also going to give us some bright spots and happy moments where we might just record our thoughts before we get to the show and are like all right so in the midst of this six game losing streak or something stupid you know yeah right yeah like i said like you were talking about the imagery and stuff we'll there we did have to talk about that but now that will be more so whenever that does get dropped if they drop it during the season or this is going to be a 2021 off-season talk of one that actually does drop so will happen when that happens but like you said i'm ready just to talk baseball talking about shane bieber just you know lighting everyone up jay ram just jacking baseballs all over progressive field i'm just excited man this is going to be a fun season and now we i can almost say i just want rosario to hit one into the parking deck that's all i care about that would be fantastic if rosario just absolutely he just clears the entire scoreboard and hits the deck behind it there's if you look there's a small amount of space that he can clear just to um you know just between the scoreboard and all of that there is some space yeah there is whatever the whatever the corporate sponsor for the home run porsche i don't know if it's pepsi or budweiser I think I think it's Budweiser. Yeah, he he could hit is it that. Still Budweiser. Spot. I still think so. Yeah, he if he yeah he, he clears that spot, he could hit the deck. So that'd be fantastic. Someone I'd just like goes, to see him hit. I'd like to see him hit the queue. Why stop at the parking deck? Let's see yeah, him hit the queue. Like, that'd be funny though. You like you come back, you go to the parking deck, and you see a baseball there. You're like, oh, there's a Rosario's home run ball. Sweet. I didn't have to go catch it. it just hit, hit probably hit the windshield of my car. But hey, I got a baseball out of it. But I don't know. It's gonna be fun. I'm excited to see what happens next we do have some you know like i said on the twitter we do have some huge news coming up soon we're just finalizing a few things so i'm excited to you know drop that for us a little bit later on but it's gonna be it's definitely a good time so tom where can people find you on the socials uh for all of our baseball talk and all of that related things i'm on twitter at Matheny underscore six um that's M-E-T-H-E-N-E-Y underscore and the number six. And now for the longest list on the show, <laughs> where can we find you, Mr. Zach Martin? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at CLE Zach. Pretty easy name, not hard to find. You can find the podcast at Rockin' Jake Pod. Uh, made, our, made our handle a little bit easier to find and take care of. So we, we're Rockin' Jake Pod. Um you can find me on the Bless and Browns podcast at Bless and Browns. Uh, just dropped episode two today. Had Jack Duffin come on to talk free agency and cap space and all that stuff. So that was a lot of fun. Um, I do have a hockey podcast too. <laughs> Pretty busy. Uh, it's Cannon Hawks Pod. Just check it out over there. So, but yeah, man, this has been a fun talk. You know, we've we're finally getting back to baseball talk, and next week is the start of season two of the rocket of the Jake podcast. So I'm really excited to get season two rolling for us. Cause 
spring training. I got picked up for a second season. It's every actor's <laughs> wet dream. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So ba- yeah, we got renewed for a second season. But yeah, so basically every start of spring training seasons in a movie. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, basically it's yeah, it, yeah. Like, or you like Futurama, you get like seven seasons. You get like three movies and like two more seasons after that. So, but yeah, basically every start of every spring training games, it'll be a new season for us. So we're tech. We're officially going to season two of this podcast starting next week and we're back on weekly shows so we might we're gonna have some fun guests coming on we're gonna have our usuals come back amari fitzy get some get our dion hopefully get the boys from uh cle tribecast to come on and do a round table preview before the season actually starts that's when we get closer to april but man i'm just excited to talk about some uh spring training baseball man it's gonna be a lot of fun but until next week we will see you guys later here at Rockin' at the Rock Jig. Jig. Yes, sir. <laughs>